okay without it. I'll be there with the hammers of justice. And make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do. God, now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Let's dance, Bozo. Hello, and welcome to Gotham City Limits, your premier place for all things Batman. He is Mr. Vengeance, he is Mr. Knight, I'm Mr. M, and that's Mr. Autumn. Hi. Uh, We are joined by the Mr. Jason Todd of podcasting themselves, Jackson. I really thought this was all building up to Mr. E. Oh, uh, no, no, no. We, that's that's when we do Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. E. Nigma, Edward Nigma, a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> you love that scene more than any other scene. In I do. It might be the, it might be the single best scene in all of Batman, period. <laughs> it just brings you. A, a pure joy like it's, it's not so like stupid it's, it's so deep. stupid no, no it's just really dumb <laughs> i loved it since i was a child it's not even particularly visually inventive just on a conceptual no. level it's pure cinema to your brain it's just val kilmer and the world's oldest alfred trying to decipher some really stupid riddles that's it that's all you need it has been such a long fucking time since I've seen that movie. Yeah. It's been ages and ages and ages. We'll get there. So. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here to talk about The Batman. The, the 2004 animated show? No, the 2022 Matt Reeves film <laughs> that just hit HBO Max this week. Ah, oh, shit. I watched the wrong thing this morning. Fuck. <laughs> okay. You want to talk about Joker feet? We can talk about Joker feet. <laughs> Batman's not a good show. Um, I don't think we're going to be covering the no. Batman for this. I don't care how long we go. I'd just rather become a comic book podcast than watch the Batman again. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, last night was just kind of scrolling through HBO Max. I watched like five minutes of one episode. And I was like, I'm going to go watch Adventure Time. Fuck this. <laughs> it eventually like grows into like a early days of the Justice League. Cause like Superman's there and there's like a Batgirl and like they're doing some stuff, but it's still not like a great show. Was that the yeah. show that they made like right after all the DCAU stuff? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, they like shut that down because Ben Ten was a hit, and they wanted to make Batman toys that looked like Ben Ten tr- toys. I think was the uh, the gist of it. Yeah, it's way more of an actual kids show and not whatever the fuck we've been covering. <laughs> or oh, well, they just started making comic shit for nerds for a decade, and then yes. Warner Brothers, or I guess whoever owned them at the time, found out and was like, "Hey, make yeah. a kid show." And they, oh, they they did that, and then they made Batman Beyond. They're like, no, we didn't mean like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, we're talking about the Batman. Um, Jackson, what happens in the Batman? <laughs> oh, thank God it's not me. So about 45 minutes. No, not even that. About oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I forgot. Uh, five sentences, please. 
Uh, I, I'm, I'm just giving context for the for the okay. podcast. About 20 minutes ago, you were like, oh, I'll go to this podcast. And Autumn was also like, oh, I'll go to this podcast. And I was like, I could come on and, like, you know, be an injection of energy. I didn't, I was going to bully my way on and be like, I right, let me guess. And then I kind of didn't like the video. I was like, I'll be rude. I'll, I'll be a hater and I'll bring the energy down. But then everyone was like, oh, already. So I, I, I'm now here to do things such as the summary. In five seconds, I mean, all that. here's the thing is, I'm I have positive on the movie. I'm just like feeling a little low in my life. Yeah. So <laughs> I have, I have like a, I, like I didn't write any down, but I'm like, I could do the summary in five sentences. I was going to do it if you weren't here, but now I can bully you, which is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Riddler, comma, <laughs> um, uh, a Gotham, a new serial killer in Gotham is taking out members of Gotham's political and uh, police elite and leaving messages for the Batman at the scenes of the crime. Period. Uh, period. <laughs> period. Sentence one. Uh, Batman and Gordon spend about two hours investigating these riddles, which point towards uh, a... Um, a rat in uh, a rat that was used to like solve this recent crime case which took down what's the gang not the Falcone one Maroney. Mar- the Maroni gang and essentially wiped them off the streets uh, in what seems like a great deal but kind of very obviously just leaves a massive power vacuum to have Falcone be super in charge of everything meanwhile mm-hmm. Selena Kyle uh, is also investigating these uh, events, but for different reasons, because her roommate got caught up with one of the um, victims at the club where all of the powerful people hang out, uh, run by Falcone, um, and is investigating what happened to her. Uh, She is invested because Falcone is her father. Uh, uh, and that's end of three, yes. Cool. Okay. Um. <laughs> Don't worry, there's a lot of wheel spinning in this movie. You got this. Okay. I'll give you my five when you're done. So it's <laughs> yes. funny how good um, they are. Because <laughs> I'm really, I'm, I'm like, oh, I've, I've, I'm right on road. Um, uh, the re- they realize that Falcone is the rat, and more than that, is in charge of the police department it's like it, he's not working for them they're working for him thing that was obvious for minute one but hey ho mm. uh and selena kyle goes to kill him uh to revenge uh her dead friend which you know obviously she's dead um but batman stops her so she will not fall into vengeance uh and there are still enough uh uncorrupt cops to arrest falcone yet uh, he is shot when they bring him into the light, as the riddle says. Tortured, um, but end of sentence four. As the riddle says. Uh, <laughs> following the death of Falcone, they arrest the Riddler uh, very easily and take him in. Um, after Done. The- <laughs> you, you lost 40 minutes of movie. <laughs> then there are- semicolon, there are then 40 very, very, very bad minutes of movie after this. <laughs> Uh, in which the Riddler uh, and his 4chan gang of um, a weird hybrid of Bernie Bros and, like, 
the, the imaginary of like MAGA guys do 7911s on Gotham and make Katrina happen to it. Uh, mm-hmm. And Batman learns he must be a first responder to inspire hope. <laughs> Full stop. Okay. Uh, I think mine would have been like in his second year Batman of uh, being Batman. Batman is pulled into murder mystery as a new villain called the Riddler starts taking out Gotham's elite and exposing their ties to a corruption scandal that goes the very bedrock of whatever. Uh, in his investigations, uh Batman comes across Lena Kyle who is the daughter of mob boss uh Carmine Falcone uh, and learns of his own father's secret history at Falcone. Um, oh, that does happen is, is in the moment very important, but doesn't matter at all. Um, <laughs> Bruce and, or sorry, Batman and Selena Kyle, uh, Bruce Wayne not involved, parenthetical there, um, have a relationship with each other that falls apart when Batman starts saying stupid shit like it's wrong to kill people. Uh <laughs> and uh, decides to side with the cops in bringing people to proper justice until, of course, Falcone gets shot in the head. (laughs) Um, Batman then, uh, you know, tries to stop the Riddler's grand plan, uh, failing to do so as Gotham floods and thousands die. Uh, (laughs) Period. Final sentence. The Riddler uh, continues to exist in Arkham Asylum, getting advice from someone who's clearly the Joker, uh, Selena Kyle rides off to be in hopefully a better movie someday, and Batman learns that it's actually good to stand on top of buildings and be a symbol of hope. As <laughs> Katrina happens. Um, yeah, you know uh, that is technically more narratively coherent as a summary, <laughs> but it still equally falls apart in the back half. Just to do a design, <laughs> which should give you uh, an impression of what watching this movie is like. Um. <clears throat> I, I watched this movie, and at the two-hour mark, once they take care of Falcone, I was like, all right, movie's wrapping up. Uh, they're just going to leave the, Rid- the Riddler as, like, a dangling, th- like, sequel hook? That's that's interesting. And then I realized, oh, no, there's 45 minutes of movie left. They are going to deal with the Riddler in this movie. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this movie's three hours long, um, and that's unfortunate. Uh, you shouldn't make your movies three hours, and if you are, you need to earn it, and this movie does not. Uh, period. That's yeah. <laughs> just it. I, there is like a slow moodiness to this movie that I like. Yes. Um, I think um, <clears throat> Matt Reeves clearly like watched The Dark Knight and was like, man, I wish he was more of a detective in that movie and tried to make that movie. But um, unfortunately, you can only be slow and moody for about 90 minutes before I get fucking tired of it. <laughs> so I guess we'll just get into it. I think the opening, like, 20 minutes of this movie is some of the best live-action Batman that's ever been put to screen. Um, mm-hmm. You get this idea of, of of the Batman as he's in his second year. Like, year one happened, whatever. Like, a version of it. And he, he you know, started... To, people are aware of who Batman is. He's, like, a myth. People are scared of him. They have the, the light... Lieutenant Gordon puts the light on, and everyone's afraid. Mm-hmm. And you get criminals, like, literally running from their crimes at the idea that there's something in the shadows. Uh, but when something steps out of the shadows to actually do something, it's just a guy who beats the shit out of people. He's not like smart. Yeah. He's just in, he just has a bulletproof suit and he'll punch you to death. And that's his own. That's just the thing he does. That's all he does. Like, you know, he's not killing people. It's not Ben Affleck. He's not actually murdering guys. But as far as the movie frames it, he's just punching people until they don't get up anymore. That's it. That's all he does. There's no grace to it at all. Um, 
And he has this whole narration about like, people are afraid and that's good, but they just keep coming. People just keep doing crimes. Maybe I fucked up and you can't actually just punch societal inequality in the face until it stops happening. Um, but in a way where it's like, that's all he knows how to do. So he doesn't even think about like, what if I stopped? He's just like, I'm going to have to punch harder. You know, this guy is doing. <laughs> and I think this depiction of like a nihilistic, like, just like, like brutally simple Batman really works for me. I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, there, there are moments where I really like what this movie is trying to do with like Batman as a character in the sense that like, I feel like it represents like a lot of like different things I love from different incarnations of Batman, like mashed together pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately i think like the movie doesn't hang together but like the version of batman in the movie i like quite a bit okay so they immediately fucked this up uh, <laughs> where like batman's like a guy who just will punch things and he's got a fucking fast car and you know that that's what he's doing um but then like lieutenant gordon calls him in to consult on this case and he comes in and it's like it's like fucking God himself is descending from heaven as Batman walks into this crime scene and all the cops turn around. It's like, it's the bat uh, as they're like <laughs> horrified, but recognize their own like incompetence and feel shame and awe at this man who does the thing they can't do. Um, but all he does is stand around and point out obvious shit because he's not actually a detective. There's no there's no despite this being a movie about the Riddler, there is very little problem solving or anything that, like a, a 10 year old who was particularly motivated couldn't do in this movie. This is a movie in which uh, the the plot of the movie like focuses on finding the rats. And one of the clues is a literal rat maze. And Gordon looks at it and is like, what does this mean? Like this, that's also, the level. <laughs> it, it takes it takes literally two hours for them to go. You know what? Another version of a bat with or a rat with wings is a bat, <laughs> which is the first thing I thought of when someone <laughs> says a rat with wings. Right? They say rat with wings, and they don't go bat. They go they go to pigeon first. Not they go really. to pigeon. They go to they go to falcon before they go to bat. <laughs> and they only go to bat when they see a real life bat. Bat, a real life bat. Yes. <laughs> um. And uh, tragically, like, I feel like there's a version where that movie is really cool in a way of like, I love stupid shit, <laughs> but yeah, the movie see, is not like, stupid yeah. enough to actually the be thing, that. So, the, so they bring Batman to do the investigation. He points out obvious shit that any actual forensics guy would point out immediately. Like someone who just watches a lot of CSI would be able to explain everything Batman explains in this movie. Um, yeah. But um, then they do, then they do an interesting thing where like, they're like, oh, we need to get to the Iceberg Lounge. We don't have a warrant. We can't get a warrant because it's like all mob moneyed up. And they're like, well, we've got a guy who doesn't need warrants. He just shows up and beats the fuck out of people. And like, there's a brief moment where you're like, Gordon doesn't bring Batman around because he's smart. Gordon brings Batman around because he goes around the law. And Gordon is trapped by a law he believes in the idea of, but recognizes the limits of. But then the movie never, mm -hmm. ever, ever touches on this again. <laughs> Not <No>. once. <laughs> um, I think Jeffrey Wright is like a really fun gordon but they don't give him anything He's, to work so yes he, he also spends the rest of the movie going i can't believe the da was corrupt i can't believe the mayor was corrupt i can't believe the police commissioner was corrupt and you're like my dude you're in gotham fucking city this is like the third thing anyone knows about gotham city is that it's fucking corrupt that was uh, when the movie starts and it's like oh we're gonna focus on like the detective side i was like really excited and then i like as the movie got deeper and deeper, there was stuff that 
I had pieced together like 30 minutes ago, and then a character would say that, and I was like, wait, you didn't know that until now? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> For example, Gordon being like, oh my god, I can't believe the mayor is tied to corruption. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah um and that stuff just like that gordon just doesn't work in that way um mm-hmm. and then and then so that brings like batman into like investing in the falcone stuff and one i just can't take john Turturro seriously as like a <laughs> super evil guy it's just impossible i'm sorry i no. just he's can't a cross this man. <laughs> he's a cartoon man <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, and he plays I, this character in Miller's Crossing, knowing that he's a cartoon yes, man. Like he's come with his working boots on; he's ready to like play this role. But he's campier than everyone else in this movie. And this movie's got uh-huh. Colin Farrell in like, like you know, gross fat man makeup, doing a, like a Joe Pesci accent, and he's still the second most cartoon guy in the movie. I just want to say <laughs> it's not that gross. Like I'd heard about it beforehand, and when I saw it, I was like. You can find guys that look enough like this. You yes. can just put like a couple scars on him. Like what? Yes. <laughs> it's not like a ludicrous. We had to do a prosthetic to anyone. Fat suits. It's yeah, just no. like you could have found an Italian guy that looks mean. <laughs> that exists. Um. Yeah. Uh. But um. So, th- but then the, the, there's the whole thing where like. The, the big reveal as they point to everything being like, oh, Thomas Wayne. And we'll get to this more later. You know, we talked about it a little when we talked about the Grant Morrison stuff. I don't like whenever you bring up Thomas Wayne in anything. I think he's like a death to the fiction of Batman. No one cares. He's a mm-hmm. dead dad. That's all he has to be. Don't talk about mm-hmm. it. But um, there's like, oh, Thomas Wayne. Um, you know, I, I, he did a favor for me once. He saved me when I was shot. And then he was having some problems with a, a reporter who was uh, working for the, Maroney and he asked me to help and uh he just was a, an idiot <laughs> a, the dumbest man on earth who didn't realize when he told a mob guy you needed help with to get rid of a reporter that meant that he was gonna fucking kill him <laughs> and Bruce has to go like all oh, the foundations of my belief system are shaken my dad is evil and I'm like no he's just a dumbass <laughs> the thing is the thing is so this is the thing this whole plot one is dumb but two just made me mad because like this is literally like the plot of gotham the television show which is jim gordon in a corrupt system where he recognizes literally everyone's on the take but he's gonna do his best try to change things constantly is put in a position where he has to ask mob guys because they have more honor than cops on the take to help him but then they always do the thing that mobsters do which is try to kill a guy and he's like oh i didn't mean like that but oh it keeps happening god damn it i hate this i hate this (laughs) And it works so much better when it's Gordon and the Penguin doing this shit and not, like, Bruce Wayne talking about, like, oh, my dad did that? I can't believe it. Uh, well, <laughs> also, also, important to note, Martha isn't just, like, Martha Wayne. She's fucking Martha Arkham. Oh, right. Yes, I forgot all about that. Part. I almost forgot that. The, and they're, like, the, Way- the Waynes and the Arkhams, like, the founding families of Gotham united which is not- in this power couple. And I'm like, which, like- that, what? Like suggests like pointing to like Court of Owls stuff, which is all about like the secret history of Gotham's elite, but doesn't it never there's no like actual hints on that. Like it's like, oh yeah, if we do another one, maybe we could do something with that. And there's like instead, a spin-off or something. Instead in this movie, what it just plays like is like it it frames Batman as way more of like the good king role. Like his his family inheritance is literally Gotham. And he must with his own two hands make it good. 
Yeah. Uh, which I like. There's, I guess literally, I there's literally a bit where it's like, oh, he, he, you know, what, what, what is an orphan who lives in a tower? But it, the movie's about how it's good that the, the orphan comes down from his tower with all his money and power and like does stuff now. That bit's so weird. That bit's so weird. Cause the movie has like ID pretensions of being this like genuine material critique of batman it wants to be the movie it's like then this is, this is my problem with it if like is like it and i just don't want anyone whether they're making a batman movie or not to bring up the crack.com fucking style did you know that bruce wayne could do a lot more with his money structurally than he could have the bat i don't care i don't give a fuck <laughs> i, I, I genuinely don't care there's a bit in this movie where Catwoman, or sorry, Selena Kyle, she's not, she's not Catwoman in this movie, just straight up, um, talks to, talks to Batman. She's like, you don't understand. We should be fighting like structural inequality. Like these guys are rich. She's like these rich white men. And I'm like, you can see the bottom half of his face. You know, this guy's fucking white. He is a vampire. And so they, 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 they try to do this like weird, weird reflection of, oh, the Riddler's like the bad version of Batman. But then that they. They just do that. He's the poor version of Batman, which means he's worse, but he's also more noble because he is poor and Batman doesn't understand. He must recognize people. And I'm like, this is way too confused. You're a dumb guy. Like, Matt, 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 let me sit down with me. You're just a dumb guy in Hollywood and you're, you know, well-meaning liberal and that's fine. I don't care. Uh, please don't try to tackle these things. Well, the, the, we thing, have, the, thing, it, the thing I don't like about the Selena thing specifically is she's like, oh, these, these rich white men or whatever. And then... Batman like kind of just like waffles and then tells her it's wrong to kill people. And there's mm -hmm. nothing about her like realizing that he's not actually on her side. Like her feelings are hurt because he didn't, he doesn't let her get vengeance, even though he's Mr. Vengeance. Um, not that he is, he talks a big game, but he is just like a betrayer of everything that he stood for. She still like kisses him before she rides off to Bloodhaven, right? Like there's nothing, there's like right. no reckoning with like, she thought that he was down and he's not down. The, the movie is just, like, all over the map, like, politically, and I think it's, like, purposeful, where it's, like, oh, like, the, there have been a couple recent, like, Batman movies that I think are, like, politically, like, quote-unquote controversial, you know, like, people have, like, you know, fucking Batman v Superman and Joker were, like, culture wars, The Dark Knight has become a culture war in the years since, um, we're just gonna, like, put a bunch of, like, buzzwords and like things that are in the culture into this movie so that you the audience can sort of like read it however you know supports what you believe yes <laughs> but we're not going to like put enough enough of any one thing in there to to like say anything at all <laughs> and just makes it really impossible to <laughs> understand sometimes because it's like like, it is doing both the, like, oh, the, the um, you know, like, Batman should really be taking down all the CEOs and um, the, the corrupt politicians thing. And it is also, like, serving you up these, like, images of Batman as FEMA responder slash 9-11 first responder, like, literally with the American military, like, rescuing people, like... <laughs> It's so fucking weird. We have not even talked about the 19-year-old mayor. <laughs> okay, the so yeah, the, the new mayor, uh, whatever Rial, her name, whatever, she's going to bring Rial change. 
is her slogan. She's like an Obama type. But what if Obama was uh, AOC, but also like just like 22? I'm like, you're not even old enough to run for mayor. That's just how she comes across in this movie where everyone's fucking old. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And she she's like, she points out, she's like, oh, like the old ver- the old way in which like the city was run and like charity was ha- like social programs are decayed and they're corrupt. Um, it turns out she's right because they're like the secret mob slush fund. It has nothing to do with actual structural problems with how Gotham City's run. Yeah. Um, um, and um, but her solutions involve in her in her thing shaking down Bruce Wayne, being like, "You could do more with your billions of dollars, Bruce Wayne. What if you help me once I become mayor?" Uh, which is just perpetrating the exact same system she's fighting against. And B, the old mayor's traumatized son and widow having just had their father slash husband murdered puts them on stage at fucking everything she's doing for that kid to run a a foul of problems and explosions like three times this movie but the movie genuinely thinks it's like an earnest show of unity we must be unity. to put to put the the fucking son of your your the guy you were going up against on stage um just to be like, oh yeah, that you know, he believes in me. The, the kid's like traumatized. He needs to go see a therapist. He doesn't his need to feel Batman, or his his father died this week. Yes, his father <laughs> died this week. A car crashed into the funeral as he was like in the front row. Uh, then he like watched a man come out and a bomb was strapped to him. Um, he probably didn't see him blow up. He's probably taken out by then. Um, and then he's in the fucking like election night like acceptance speech arena. And everything fucking floods, and yet he's the brave lad. As when Batman lifts up the girder to rescue all the survivors, including the mayor, he's the first boy who believes enough in the Batman to reach out to him. Um, because Batman longingly looked at him when he saw him in the first like murder scene, like, "Oh, I also was an orphan kid." He didn't say anything to him. He didn't actually like reach out or like build a connection. But he soulfully looked at him, and the kid understood because the kid's like that. Um. <laughs> I thought what was going to happen, and I got so excited for this. It was idiotic stupid thing to want um was that batman was going to forlornly look at this orphan and then be like that's my new robin and i was like well this isn't a like batman and robin movie he's not gonna like really take him under his wing until the second one but like he's gonna have a conversation that sets up robin shit in this movie no does not talk to that child just looks at him (laughs) yeah um it sucks (laughs) Because, like, the the implication there is, like, the only real solidarity is between, like, you know, orphaned rich boys. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And the the good, the good, honest cops that support them. (laughs) And it's it's a situation where, like, the, the, the ways the movie wants to have teeth end up, like, making it worse um yes. because they, they, i keep thinking about the weird gang that it's like that is mass doing a mass shooting during a million 9-11 katrinas happening outside to all of gotham um yes i like i need they never say how many people die but they act like this is the only safe safe building in the entire fucking city so surely everyone's like, everyone's dead millions like millions of millions. people supposedly died i bet in the next movie it's like oh yeah six thousand people lost their lives that day right it's gonna be played <laughs> like that but in the moment when he does it it is framed as an existential threat to anyone who is like within miles of this city center on the waterfront which is which is everyone, like in the middle the of like revelry around like the new mayor being elected yeah. and so the gang like what if hurricane katrina happened and no one saw it coming but yeah 
the gang that comes to do this, who are like coded in really weird ways, they're like the deep web guys watching the Riddler <laughs> yes, streams. Okay. Wait, no, no, we gotta stop. So the Riddler is live streaming his plans <laughs> to, to five hundred followers <laughs> to to a TikTok hey to, to like a TikTok style platform <laughs> on the deep web where you can password protect protect the archives of your videos. And he's got five hundred sicko followers who are all ready to suit up like the Riddler and go out and do crimes. <laughs> I have more followers than the Riddler. <laughs> but you're not on a sicko deep web. <laughs> uh, he literally, in in like in a better movie, it would earn this. Literally, they open the like secret password protected video where he reveals his whole plan, and he goes, "Oh, uh, thanks everyone for the comments. I really appreciate the tips on the detonators." Paul Dano is a treasure in this film. He is poorly misused in, a, in, in doing good work in a bad movie. <laughs> Yeah, so, Paul Dano is a delight. So they have him there, and he's got the, the, this gang of followers, and the, the their choice to the, the the like political imagery and ideas they're pulling from this gang, they're mashing up two things that should not be mashed up. Like they are pulling from ideas of like you know the Nazis with their guns on their protests, right? Like that's like one of the things they're pulling from. But they're mm. also like you know he's the real voice of the actual press working class. He says things that are true. He is right, and the movie yeah, agrees just right. that he is right. So like by colliding those things, it's like what like. <laughs> but also the way that they frame like he does like they're doing like january 6th manchurian candidate hit right. on the black new mayor right so like, it, it just comes across as like well, the reason we think the bernie bros are bad is because in our imagination they're literally the same people that do january 6th and i'm like this is not true and i can't critique it because it's so fucking moronic that i'm like what do you want me to say <laughs> well and also what if january 6th was like a school shooting right yeah yes. like <laughs> It's so it's so much imagery, but then I'm like, what do you, I, I, what do I do with it? Like I can't cook all this together. Like what is happening here? Yeah. Um. All of the the last forty minutes of the movie are a mess and terrible. And it's a shame because, like I said, like I'm mostly down for all of the like mob stuff. I, I like like this version of Batman. I think the Batman Selena stuff mostly works. Like a movie that's about, like I said, about this nihilistic Batman and Selena's like you could use this. You have all this energy. Like you're ready to fucking beat the shit out of anyone what if you beat the shit out of rich guys instead of like street criminals and just point him in the right direction and batman like start to stand for something like the movie opens with him like like who are you and he's like i'm vengeance i'm like is he just not bat is he like not talking about being batman yet is it the idea that he goes from being like vengeance to like i'm batman uh is it like bigger than that um <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, and and you you have like the the plot there where Selena understands what actual social inequality is and just like doesn't change him. You can't change a guy like that, but points him in the right direction and then realizes he's still going to try to kill himself. So she rides away sad. You can have the same ending where she rides away sad. And it's like I can't fix him. He's a disaster. Um, and that'd be true <laughs> and honest. Um, and it's just now Batman's tackling a higher breed of criminal or whatever. Um, but the movie doesn't do any of that because it's busy doing its like sick Twitter dunk politics thread. The the part where they try to say these things about like structural inequality or whatever, and then they they you they they literally say renewal. Like they say renewal, which is a real you know up renewal, real concept, genuine awful gentrification. The reason it's bad is because the money that flows into a city is and part and parcel for that money to be spent involves displacing the actual population. So the money doesn't actually go to any of the people in the city. That's why renewal is bad. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be a secret uh, mobster philosopher's legacy for that to happen. That <laughs> just happens in real life. <laughs> it happens in real life, and like. I'm, I don't want <laughs> the mob is bad, but the thing that they do in this movie, which is just give the money 
to the mob is better than actual gentrification. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that it doesn't, it ends. They're not reinvesting the money to perpetuate a further cycle. It's just like a fund. It just imagines money as magic. Uh, uh, (laughs) It's not as evil as actual gentrification because it doesn't have the imagination to know how that process works. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just they give bad people money and then they take control, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just bad. It's just a mess. And that's a shame because, like I said, like if it, if it was just the genre thing, if it was just like a noiry, moody movie about Batman and a serial killer and the mob, it'd be great. Um, eh, eh, there's problems. Like, what the fuck is Alfred's role in this story? <laughs> okay, okay. I, I'm really glad because I was like trying to like I wanted to talk about Alfred for a second because it's insane. <laughs> so so he's like he's like vaguely badgering Bruce to stand like be Bruce Wayne more because he's just he's just Batman in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. He's like please. There's even a bit where Riddler goes. I know that this isn't th- th- this is your true self. That the mask is not hiding anything. It's revealing who you really are. Blah blah blah. Dumb shit that everybody knows. Stop it. Um, <laughs> but um, he's like you know your company is going to go under. That's what your parents left you a fucking legacy. Like even if you don't care about the money, at least like it employs like ten percent of the town. Please go make sure it doesn't go under. Love of God. Um, answer your fucking emails once in a while. Um, but also he's the guy who's like, oh, I, all I could do master Wayne was teach you to fight. And maybe that was the wrong thing to do. Um, and so he's like, he's like a sicko SAS guy, like version of Alfred, which is like a thing that Uh exists, but only in the way where that happened once. And now he's like really regretful about it. And then he like fake dies almost. And there was a bit where I was like, oh, is Alfred going to be like two-faced? They're going to do a swerve and like a weird adaptation choice and Alfred's two-faced in this scenario. No, no, absolutely not. He's just him and Batman hold hands and they're better now. Um, let's not talk about it. Like, it's just so overstuffed. Um, and again, this whole like thing of like Alfred being like, what do I do with this kid? I didn't want to be a dad. Uh, this sucks. And now I got to He's, he just wants vengeance and I could teach him to fight. Cause that's all I know to do. I can, but I can buttle and I can fight. <laughs> um, and does that is literally fucking Alfred's plot in Gotham. And it's better there because he's a, he's a fucking 10 year old and not Robert Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Pattinson's too yeah. old to be coddled like this in this movie. It doesn't work. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> and I, I know they are, they established that he's supposed to be like, I think like 27, 28-ish. Yeah. Like, he's in but his it 30s. just doesn't. He's so obviously in his 30s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, everything with, uh, one, I think like Andy Serkis kind of phoning it in. Yes, um. <laughs> I was. So, I was like, um. Andy Circus is perfect casting for like evil Alfred, but like for like I'm the fucking sicko soldier Alfred. You you got the right guy, but then he's just yeah. What he do? I miss. I miss my guy. Jeremy Irons killed it. There's I literally thought Jeremy Irons. I, so I literally thought they would do the classic Batman comic thing in a goofier movie. They would where the Riddler names Bruce Wayne as Batman, and they're like, "Well, we're just gonna go talk to Bruce Wayne." And Alfred has to be in the bat suit at the end, because you got a guy who could be in the bat suit. And I believe it. Like, yeah, you put him in the bat suit to work. Well, and like the whole thing with Alfred that just drove me nuts is that like they give him this big scene. They give him a couple scenes, and in every scene, um, he's like, 
I'm kind of your real dad, Bruce. And Bruce is like, no, you're not. And and then they <laughs> have the scene in the hospital that I think is supposed to be the like emotional, like a big emotional moment. But one, it doesn't work because Alfred's barely been in this movie. And two, it doesn't work because um, Bruce goes to Falcone and Falcone is like, one of my enemies got your father killed. And Bruce just believes him. And Alfred has to be like, why would you believe him at all, ever? Um... And then they try to have this, like, nice emotional moment where Bruce is still chewing him out. Bruce is still in this, like, tender moment of, like, Alfred just took a bullet for you is, like, you're still not my real dad, but I am pretty fond of you. (laughs) It's fucking absurd. And, like, the main point of the scene, which is somehow meant to be reassuring for some reason, is your dad wasn't evil. He was just the biggest idiot who's ever lived. (laughs) (laughs) Just like you, Bruce. Just like you, Bruce. Uh, yeah. None of the Alfred stuff works. No. I really wanted to like Andy Serkis. Um, I just think I just Jeremy think all the Bruce really stuff is bad. Like just generally yeah. across the board. Yeah. Um, it's he's just mm-hmm. not an interesting character, and that's it's a shame because I think like the Batman stuff mostly works as like. This is a guy who's not, it's not like Christian Bale where you're like, no one's going to fall for a Christian Bale Batman. He's a fucking weirdo, like psychopath. Listen to him talk. Like he just shows up and you're like, oh yeah, he's like in a weird costume, but he's like broody and like, you know, it, it works. Like he's, he's just talking like a normal mm. person. You believe it. Yeah. Uh, which is a I, genuinely I, hard I, thing I, for Batmans to do. I think. I Across the board, other than I think Andy Serkis, I think this cast does the best with what it with what it gets. Like, I think Robert Pattinson is a like pretty decent Batman. If he's a terrible Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, like I think Zoe Kravitz is a really good job. She has I, a truly thankless role here, which is just to show God. up, look hot. And you ask, ask, make the audience ask constantly, how does she do any of this with these nails? And they not break like incredible. Honestly, <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a really, really funny bit in early on in the movie where she goes in to the club and Batman's watching through his, uh, watchdog contact lenses, which he has for some reason. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it genuinely plays like they start to think about, oh, Bruce realizes what it's like when you're like socialized as a, as a woman, you know, like, you know, you attractive women in a bar and this is what it means. New obstacles he didn't realize you had to deal with. And it like walks up to saying anything about them. And then like you feel the movie realize that they don't know anything about this. And it just immediately goes away. <laughs> <laughs> like you can see them go, oh, we're, we're fucking guys right this. We don't fucking know. And it just stops. And the scene just stops. And that's the end of all that. <laughs> like, okay, I guess we're not doing that then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think she's, I think she's like the, she's like trying really hard to invest a character that often doesn't work for me with like a lot of like pathos. I think the, the relationship makes sense, which I don't normally think. I know there's been a lot of in comics like Batman, Catwoman stuff lately. And I know people tend to not like it, but I think it, these two characters make sense as like a couple here. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, movie plot gets in the way. Uh, yeah, all the all the acting's good, other than Alfred. I don't get it. And Jeffrey Wright, I think, is uh, that's not his fault. I guess <laughs> that Gordon sucks. No, no, I I I liked him just fine. I think he's doing his best. You know, um, this is like a like version of Gordon that I like a lot in my head of like Lieutenant Gordon. He's not you know the institution yet. Um. He's calling in uh, Batman, despite everybody, uh, like, kind of being like, oh, this fucking guy. Um, 
but it just doesn't. Well, doesn't the thing, the thing, weird thing about that is that like Gordon in most depictions of like early Gordon has to be the guy who stands like he's the one who stands up to corruption and like makes it a point to like, I'm going to clean up the police force. It seems in this movie that it's almost accidental that he's roped into being the, the good cop as Batman's taking down all these guys because they're all tied to the mob he's fighting. <laughs> he has very little agency other than he hangs out with the big fist that destroys all the bad guys. I mean, Batman's not even doing that. The Riddler's doing that. Like, that's, that's the point true. of the movie. Is, true, is, yes. is that the Riddler shows up and says, you didn't do anything. I killed, like, two guys, three guys, and now the city's cleaned up. Uh, you know, killing three guys did more than you did punching random guys for years. He says yeah. in Batman's face. If um, you get the death note, you put Jeff Bezos in it. It's really easy. <laughs> it's really easy. <laughs> and then, like... When I'm watching that scene, I'm like, is this going to go to some kind of big conclusion? And no, he just does the, like, and now I'm killing everyone. That's <laughs> what happens in every movie. Yeah, um, he doesn't even, I don't understand why he, like, wants to kill every, like, the bit at the end where him and, like, Bruce, Batman comes to him in Arkham, and he's like, oh, it's you and me, we're going to be the, the two avatars of vengeance as the rest of the world burns. Like, that was not your, that was not your goal. Your stated goal was to, like, make people realize that, the inequality existed and get them angry so they'll do something that's literally what you're doing with your live stream so why did you pivot into everyone's gotta die now and the, his, and the argument he makes is so funny because the thing he actually says is well taking out individuals doesn't fix structures but you know what does fix structures <laughs> doing a million 911s on the city and making Katrina happen to Gotham I'm like and first of all it's hilarious because it's like and you know, and it says to him, and I'm like, this is just how Gotham works. But uh, I feel like in a serious political movie, uh, you're trying to make statements about elections. You can't do this. Uh, but it acts like there's no national state politics. Like the idea that like making an event happen in Gotham that will re yeah. like will reset the structure. It acts like this is dropping access basically for the Riddler. I'm like, it's just not. America still exists. It's a mayor. Right. It's a fucking mayor. What can a there's a governor. It's a mayoral election. What are you fucking talking about? Yeah, this is this is an inherent Batman problem. You can't fix this one. Um, so I, um, I do believe that this is why they immediately go to No Man's well, Land yeah. for the second movie because they're like, well, we've established that Gotham is a city state. So yeah, they, they flood so they to... flood Gotham, and then the implication is like the mayor gives a big speech about like. We all have to stand up and believe in something as the penguins looking out over the, the, you know, flooded Gotham going like, oh, it's time for me to make a grab. And so you got Penguin versus the the mayor slash Batman slash Gordon faction. And I'm like, you can't do No Man's Land with two groups. Plus, like whoever shows up as the new villain, you can't you can't. You, no Man's Land is like my favorite Batman story and like in like a big maximalist event way. Um, but it only exists in a world where. There's like 10, 10 plus years of on-page history. Batman's got like three Robins and an Oracle and a Batgirl and uh, like people who kind of work with him sometimes and kind of don't. Like Huntress is there and, it, you know, it's and there's a bunch of villains who all want different things. Like one of the major things in No Man's Land is the cops are so ineffective and corrupt because they're Gotham City cops that Two-Face is doing a better job at policing the, the burned out city than Gordon is because he's a law and order guy at heart. <laughs> yes. Mm. Um, you can't have any of that in year two Batman. You need year 12 Batman. I assume it will not be just, No Man's Land next. They'll just, no, the I assume they're just going to be like, oh, we, it's all cleaned up now. Yeah. And now Mr. Freeze is here. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mr. Freeze. 
Real quick, that reminds me. It was very nice of them to put the post credit scene in the movie. I, <laughs> I appreciated that. <laughs> it's really bad, though, is the thing. It sucks. <laughs> it's a really bad post credit scene, but I did... I wasn't... For most of that post credit scene, I couldn't tell if Paul Dano could hear Joker <laughs> in the other room. <laughs> there are interviews that Matt Reeves is giving, and he's like, it's not a tease. It's not a sequel tease. It was put there to uh, emphasize to Batman that the fight never ends. It's not meant to be a sequel tease. I'm like, you can't sit there with a straight Bullshit. face. <laughs> Thank you. Are you going to sit there and tell me that putting the Joker in the final scene of your movie saying looks like someone's going to have a little bit of fun <laughs> is not a sequel tease. Piss off. They're going to they're going to do the fucking Thanos treatment with Joker. They're going to be like six movies about Oh Batman my god. They, uh... Oh no. <laughs> you wait, Autumn, you didn't you've not watched the deleted Joker scene, have you? No. It's criminal in a whole different way. It's so it was oh, originally no. it's originally like somewhere in the middle of the movie where like Batman goes to the Joker um to ask him like for a pro just like a full-on Manhunter profile of like who the Riddler is and why he's doing these crimes. And then the Riddler just goes and says the themes of the movie where it's like, oh, he's just like you. Like he he wants to, you know, change things and take down the city. And you don't like it because you think he's right. And then laughs and Batman glowers and walks away. And I'm like, you just killed the movie fucking stone dead. Good thing yes. you cut it out. Uh, it's, it's just the scene from Manhunter. It's like genuinely alarming. It's almost word for word. It's crazy why do we keep why do we keep letting dc get away with this <laughs> where like directors are just like i watched a bunch of 70s movies and i'm going to put some homages to them and everybody's like oh wow this is real art to be fair than he what understood he understood that it had to go and he cut it out yes he did <laughs> but yes it, it is also just movie. better than the other guy's shit uh yeah <laughs> i mean like the the whole i feel like so much of the press cycle for this movie was like oh, I love a lot of, like, noir stuff, and I love a lot of, like, new Hollywood stuff, and I'm just going to, like, inject that in the movie. And I I think that mostly comes through, but I don't think it, like, adds up to a, like, well, yeah. story that functions. The thing, like, there was a lot of talk early on. It's like, we're going to go back to a grounded Batman. Everyone didn't like uh, Batman v Superman and, you know, um, whatever. We're going to go back to the gritty 70s style Batman. And I get that when he's, like, walking out of shadows and punching guys. And, but by the end of the movie, he's literally doing like full on Arkham Asylum flips on a catwalk and it's all CG and looks miserable. Um, it's a real shame. Like there's this movie is so like doing too many things and very silly, uh, but in kind of the way that undercuts it and doesn't help it um, that I just don't understand what like I know how you thought you were making that movie from the beginning. But by the end, it's not that movie anymore. Mm. I, I thought like when I was in the scene with the Riddler before the movie, um like before he blew up all the uh, vans and uh, the movie just went off its axis, I thought the like interrogation scene was going to end with uh, Batman taking off his mask and then just like walking out and Riddler realizing that he got played so fucking hard. And that was just going to be how the movie ended. <laughs> nope. No. <clears throat> nope. That would be a better, um. better ending. It'd be a way better ending, because then suddenly it reframes all the fucking like awful moral mm -hmm. stuff as Batman like realizing that yeah I am rich and I can just use my I can use my villains to do my job for me but walk away clean handed. Uh, it's like a really dark interpretation of Batman that I don't really agree with. It's better than what they do instead. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
Speaking of uh, of bad CG flipping over the cat, catwalk stuff, um, uh, my my favorite like COVID era CG stuff throughout this movie is one all the like first person video game shots, and two the 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 shot where um, Batman jumps off that building and like does what's oh, that the scroll shit suit? From, like steep like the yeah, base the jump stuff suit. yes. <laughs> Yes, the base jumping thing. The, where, my favorite part is that he strap a GoPro to Robert Pattinson's yes, face. Yes, but then he immediately fucking dies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's fine. Yeah, he's fine because no stakes. Shit, so hard. It's really funny. The end of the movie hinges on him like taking one shotgun blast and being like dazed. When literally there's a scene. It's like the best scene in the movie where he's in a he's in like this dark like arched like like brickwork hallway. And he's like fighting six guys and they're just dumping like assault weapon rounds into his chest and it doesn't phase him. He is just impervious yeah. to bullets and it's, and it's lit only by the gunfire and it's fucking sick. But then you can't go and go, Oh, he took one shotgun blast and now he's got to like dose himself with drugs to finish the fight. They have to yeah. like 42 rounds from an AK. <laughs> fine. No problem. One shotgun blast. Ooh, it is really funny <laughs> the way the end of the movie works. Cause like they have to somehow, gin up the situation where Batman's in like mortal peril and really like pushing himself to the peak of human struggle to be the ideal uh but he's fighting like 20 guys <laughs> from who have bought some from, guns from the deep coats. web yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the final boss of this movie is just some guys from the deep web they're, they're the fucking they're the fucking guys who went to the Ukraine to sign up in the paramilitary <laughs> organizations that's who Batman's fighting <laughs> that's literally who Batman's fighting at the end of this movie and they all bought the same coat and the same yes. glasses it almost feels like it should end even stupider and have like multiple guys as Batman as Batman becomes the idea and then I'm back and forth because it's gone across the Rubicon of being stupid well, yeah, there's, there's a bit where there's a bit at the Congrats, very end you've invented the Dark Knight yeah, they, yeah they, they unmask they unmask the, the final guy he's just a guy obviously and they're like who are you and he's like I'm vengeance and there's nothing about like in, in a world where the Riddler's in jail and Batman succeeded the same guys are just going to be out there dressed up as Batman Right. And mm -hmm. it's meant to, like, it, it's aware. It's like, this is the, this is what Batman could be. He could inspire this. But he didn't Yeah, until, he, until he starts walking kids to escape helicopters instead. He meant to inspire that. Even though there's no, I mean, I guess there's a difference between those two actions, but they're not in, like, conflict. There's no, um, they're not the same situation. But taking kids to rescue helicopters and defeating criminals are not, like, two Bioware choice options to the same moral problem. They're just different things. They are in Hollywood. They are in Hollywood. <laughs> they literally have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> as if as if, if he hadn't survived, Falcone wouldn't be out there, like, walking kids to fucking escape helicopters, too. It's great PR. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, like, um, the, the thing... Because at the start of the movie, you know, like, um, Catwoman is like, oh, we should team up, and he's resistant to it. And so at the end of the movie, she, like, pulls him up off the ledge, and I was like, oh, we're gonna do a, like, power friendship. Like, Batman, like, realized he's supposed to make connections with the people he's saving, and that's how he's able to do everything, blah, blah, blah. And I thought that guy was gonna say, I'm j vengeance, and then Batman is like, no, I'm justice, or no, I'm, you know, whatever. But they just... Don't say anything to respond to him. They're just like, all right, well, that guy's going to jail. Next. <laughs> fucking stupid as shit. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, one more point that doesn't have anything to do with anything that I do want, just want to mention because it's maybe the funniest bit in the whole movie. Um, there's a situation where there's a hostage situation and a guy has a bomb on his chest and the bomb is attached to like a phone. The riddle is calling um, and then it cuts and then it's nighttime and the phone's still ringing. The phone's been ringing for like three <laughs> hours at least. <laughs> Non-stop mobile phone hasn't gone to voicemail. Clearly turned that off. Towers, nothing happened to the phone. Tower. The phone is just ringing for three hours straight until Batman finally walks in and picks it up when the bomb squad's in place. And I'm like, what? how long's that phone been ringing? <laughs> Torture. Um. Yeah. Is there anything else? We should probably go to questions. Yeah, we so got questions. We'll start wrapping this up. Um, yeah. Uh, the thing is, for all of this, I think this movie, like, as a as a thing with themes, is really bad. As a thing with images, I think like half of it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. like on that level, it's like way better than like the Nolan shit. Doesn't hold a candle to Batman v Superman, uh, unfortunately. But what do you That's- think? That's actually an important point. Is that I, I was like, really, I was like, this movie fucking sucks. Uh, and then I went to calibrate myself. I watched like 15 minutes of Batman Begins and was like, I don't. This is a, this is like a genuine bad movie, like a bad movie in a way that I don't even remember Nolan making. But uh, Batman Begins is like unwatchably bad. I it's think. so bad. It's not like I, I'm not being a hate. Like I understand I don't love Nolan Batman movies, but generally speaking, I think Nolan can like do a fucking scene of people talking. Not in this, he can't. What's happening in that film? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I'm warm on Dark Knight. Like I, I I'm really low on the Nolan trilogy, but like Dark Knight, if someone was just like, "Hey, do you want to watch that?" I would probably say, "Sure." I I have like vaguely positive feelings toward that movie, but Batman Begins is awful. Truly a horrendous movie. I remember yeah. thinking it's the best one of the three. So that's what we'll I remember there. thinking. I bet I'm a Dark Knight Rises is the best one now. Like just the power of being stupid. I can't. Uh, I can't go there for you. I just care too much about the things it's lifting from poorly. <laughs> you you cannot embrace Bane voice. No, I can't embrace Bane voice. I can't embrace their stupid no man's land. None of it. You can't embrace the guy I'm, from Torchwood. I'm having a similar experience with this movie as I had with Dark Knight Rises, where while I was watching this movie today, I was like, oh, this is fine. I'm enjoying myself. Whatever. I'm watching a film. And then as soon as I start talking about it, I'm like, that's a stupid fucking movie. Oh, this is a stupid movie. I vividly yeah. But I think it's more functional than Dark Knight Rises is by a long shot. I vividly remember like being in the cinema for Dark Knight Rises and like 80 minutes in realizing that I hadn't enjoyed it at all and that I still had half a movie to go. Like, I remember sitting in the cinema in the Wimbledon IMAX screen realizing, this, wait, this, this is just bad. It's not going to get good when it picks up. It's just a bad movie. <laughs> yep. Man, Catwoman in that, bad. Bad, bad, bad. Oh, All right. Um, we should get to questions. We got some questions. I asked some questions. Loved questions. Um, People sent us long emails that I'm going to paraphrase. Okay. Yeah. Be my guest. Because I'm I'm waiting to order dinner, so I gotta I'm like trying to hurry it up. Yeah. Um first email from Modron. Um I mostly loved the movie, but the last act really fell apart. Um thinking back, what really struck me is how similar it was to uh Joker twenty nineteen, Riddler being someone who was failed by the system and lashing out. Um <clears throat> Uh, the major differences are that Riddler actually has a plan and is doing things on purpose. Um, uh, etc. Etc. Um, I find this interesting as common um, 
as a common critique is that Batman attacks people with men- mental illnesses instead of attack instead of helping them. Um, the Dark Knight, for example, um, or the, Modern points out the Dark Knight as like a counterpoint to this um, because like it's more about like Joker as a terrorist, um, whereas like some of the more recent stuff has leaned into Joker being like quote unquote crazy. What are your thoughts on how um, the Batman handles this topic? Do you think this is a trend we'll keep seeing in Batman adaptations, or was this just a one-off? Um, also, how long did it take you to notice that uh, Riddler's leitmotif was just Ave Maria? Uh, zero, zero time, because it opens with them playing Ave Maria. <laughs> yeah. It, it opens with it, and I have the subtitles on, so like literally every five minutes you would see Ave Maria playing faintly in the background. <laughs> Oh. And I was like, "Oh, this is a motif of some kind." I didn't. The the, the H- you were watching the show Max, bit, right? Yeah. The when the fucking uh, song comes on, they don't say what the song is. Like the the big I uh, was it Nirvana track, right? In the movie, they don't say oh, the song. Yeah. They're like, it's not like, oh, this begins playing. Uh, none of that. But they do say Alvin Maria in a way that's like really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I thought this was going to be a more needle drop heavy movie. So it's really yeah. funny that they just dropped my favorite Nirvana song twice and then <laughs> call it a day. Um, they don't put the man who sold world in here. Um, <laughs> uh, well, they should though. That's a, that's a the good thing. Song. The thing is, is that like for all of the, I think the whole like Batman should be helping people with mental illness and he should be doing more. Bruce Wayne should be doing social programs. I get it. I get it. But Batman's not real. This is, it's, it's gothic pulp fiction about a monster who chases monsters, right? Like that's what, mm-hmm. that's what the story is. You don't have to mm-hmm. like it. It's fine if you don't like it. Perfectly okay. But like, ultimately I think at his best, Batman is about a guy who's, who's just like the people he's putting away, but he believes in something a little different. That's like, you know, structurally helps, you know, at big Asterson helps, but structurally more socially appropriate than the things that like the Joker or the Riddler are doing. Um, this movie blows that up by Batman doesn't seem to believe in anything in the Joker's right or the Riddler's right. Uh, that's the problem. Um, mm-hmm. But um, that's just what the plot, uh, you know, I just don't, I'm just not in, like, you can make that story, but that's just a story about like a guy who has infinite money and decided to do something good with it. And like, that's its own utopian fiction, but it has nothing to do with Batman. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, um, Especially because, like, I I kind of got into Batman via Arkham Asylum. Like, I'm very familiar with, like, discourse around, like, Batman and, like, mental health stuff. And it just has never really, like, rung true for me in any way. It does, it, uh, in much the same way as, like, it feels like you're being a Cracked.com person to to bring up, oh, why doesn't Bruce Wayne just do more philanthropy? It feels like a Cracked.com critique where you're not accepting the, the fiction of well, you know, this is what you're supposed to do because it's a fucking Batman story. Uh, and I'm not saying that, like, Modern is doing this. I just, like, it just feels like you're... The, to worry too much about this is, like, not accepting that you're watching a fucking Batman thing. Yeah. You know? Yep. I also think uh, this I, movie specifically has literally nothing to do with mental illness. Doesn't even bring it up once. Uh, no, it mm. brings it up once where Batman's mom was mentally ill. Crazy lady. Oh, I guess it does do that. That's not really relevant to anything, but I guess it does do that. Oh, there's a lot of stuff that this movie brings oh. up and then is just never. God, God. The other thing, the the Waynes were killed in 2001. Yeah, I fucking I, I gasped <laughs> when I saw that. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> Batman, Bat, Bruce Brain, Bruce Wayne watched his parents die. And then 9-11 happened. 
a better terrifying. movie. A better movie would link those two things, and also a dumber movie. <laughs> it's way dumber. I don't even know. Batman I don't even know Superman. how. I don't even know how the idea of Batman works if you accept that the Waynes died in two thousand one. Like, I mean, it you, your kid doesn't grow doesn't. up and go. Criminals are a superstitious and cowardly lot, and become fucking Batman. That doesn't happen. I, like, this is the thing that. I mean, they, they kind of realize, because while it is set in the present day and has modern technology and like designed to be that, it's also just a Gotham is an aestheticized gothic city that is yes. detached. It's not detached from time, but you know what I mean? It um, is 70s New York. Yeah. but When it's not being modern New York. <laughs> but that's the thing is that like, you cannot fundamentally, in a Batman story, address the fact that 70s New York doesn't exist because yes. of the economic and social forces have changed it so much that a city like Gotham that is that important and that corrupt and downtrodden can't exist because they displace all those people. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so on some level, modern Batman fundamentally as a premise will always be broken. I'm really interested in how like different adaptations will like knowingly lean into that or just ignore it because you know you know it's still fucking batman you're not gonna get rid of it as an idea but it does mean yes. when you like approach these things it, it becomes uncanny when you say oh yeah batman died and, and 9-11 happened and his lesson was that this city won't be clean <laughs> yep all right uh adam writes in which live action batman film is the best adapted a batman villain also which characters um, which villains you'd like to be in the sequel to this uh, mr freeze obviously I don't. I don't know that this movie does a good job adapting the Riddler, but I do really like Paul Dano as the Riddler. Yep. Um, my other options here. I'm gonna pull up a list of Batman villains real quick. I need I you to do it in like three minutes. <laughs> I really I'm, have to order yeah. dinner because this place closes at eight, and I gotta call it in because it's dumb. <laughs> um. Anyway, the best live action Batman villain, um, to date. Is hard. I'm like, what the fuck? I like, honestly, it's probably like, it's probably like, it's probably like Joker in Batman '89. I I just think it's that. I think it's that. I think it's fine. I was gonna go Batman, or I was gonna go Joker in Dark Knight. I fucking is... hate Dark Knight. Like up and down. I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> I I think like Heath Ledger solo carries that movie. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that that's a good adaptation of Joker, but I I think that's the best part of. A weird and uneven movie that I'm kind of warm on. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, I think a lot of live action Batman villains are mid, um, or they're just like fun but bad adaptations. I don't know. Yep. Uh, the one they should not put in these movies is Poison Ivy. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. This movie's got enough problems with women. You don't need to be doing it to Poison Ivy too. <laughs> Um, last we have a long email from Rick. Yeah, uh, this is, you, Rick. this is mostly Rick saying that, uh, Rick doesn't like the mob stuff. It's like, I'm not really into when Batman's fighting the mob to which I say, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. <laughs> Your own. I, I like it because I like, I like crime movies. And so I like when Batman earns sex with crime movies. I don't actually yeah. like, I don't actually like crime movies. I like you the like thing. Yeah, I like the thing where the mob runs across a weird guy. They don't, they can't just like buy or kill. And then they don't know what to do about it. And that guy's like a weird mm-hmm. Batman. <laughs> it's like a man who's a bat. He's like a weird yeah, it's like Batman. a man who dresses like a bat. <laughs> it's the bat. It's the goddamn bat. 
Um, Rick also points out an incredible thing. Apparently Colin Farrell was not like doing, he's not like a method guy, but he was just keeping the same voice that he used for Penguin uh, around the set when they weren't filming, uh, which is very silly. But also if I manage to nail a goofy accent that's not mine, I got to hold You'd be it. Doing it if, all I, day. if I lose yeah. it, I'll never get it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was doing that for like three months. <laughs> he's just like, I can't, I'll never get this back. It's too perfect. <laughs> Uh, Rick also points out um, that uh, in the morgue scene, uh, they say the cause of death for the guy with the rat maze on his face is the gunshot, which implies that the Riddler got bored of waiting for the rats to eat his face and just shot him. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks, everybody. We're kind of on a time crunch here. Uh, next week, we are coming back to watch Night of the Ninja episode of Batman Animated Series. Continue on. All right. Um, Jackson, plugs. <laughs> oh, God. Right. I guess we we'll still do plugs, even though I'm not on this podcast. Um, <laughs> you can find me at headfullsoff on Twitter.com. You can find the podcast that me and him do at abnormalmapping.com. They're good. Listen to them. Autumn. You can find me uh, on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find all the podcasts that I do by going to exportaud.io, where we have links to the free feeds, or you can give us a dollar a month and get access to most of the podcasts uh, a week early. For example, this podcast or Bag End Book Club, where we are approaching the end of Return of the King, and we will be uh, updating a little more frequently as we do. So now is a great time to pitch in on Patreon. <clears throat> Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore bing. Uh, as Autumn said, this podcast comes out every Monday. Uh, please support the Expert Audio Patreon. Get it early. Get all the good shows. Pop Town Funk's been very good lately. Had a great time. Um, so you should do that. We'll be back next Monday uh, for more Batman. Until then, Batman.
of David Bowie's song. another one I could screw up. What is it? Am I going to do this by myself? Yeah. Do it by yourself. Okay. Well, I think I'll try it in a different key. I'll try it in the normal key. Yeah. If, if it sounds bad, these people are just going to have to wait. We'll do it. <laughs> 